The Mueller report has officially come out, and it's poured partisan gasoline on the dumpster fire that is the Trump presidency. Trump and his personal propaganda network have been pushing that the report is a total exoneration, while on the left, the focus is on the evidence that Trump has obstructed justice, and there's been an increase in calls to begin impeachment proceedings. So what's in the report that we've waited so long to see? Now, don't worry, I won't be completely leaving out the sketchy stuff about Trump that is detailed in the report, because I'm not trying to cherry-pick details to make the president look good like our Attorney General, William Barr. However, this portion of the report is the one that the Trump campaign isn't as involved in, and when they are, they don't know the person they're talking to is a Russian operative. This report clarifies a lot of the Trump campaign's contacts with Russia, and while many of the conclusions look helpful to the president in that they don't conclude that he has broken the law, Mueller does lay out a disturbingly constant series of communications between Trump campaign officials and Russian operatives attacking the integrity of our democracy. In this podcast, I'm going to focus on two things, the summary of the report at the beginning and the Russian attacks on our election. Stay tuned. The Russian attack on our elections is, is a key focus of the Mueller investigation, and I feel like people are losing sight of this because the focus is on the Donald Trump aspect of all of this. The report also contains more than a few redactions, and they always seem to pop up right on the information that I'm really curious about. I will point out some of the weird redacted portions. So without further ado, let's jump into the report. The Mueller investigation was created following the firing of James Comey by Donald Trump because of his investigation into ties between Trump and Russia during the election. One of the first things in the report is pointing out that collusion is a meaningless word in a legal sense. That's this whole debate over whether Trump colluded is part of how Donald Trump and his team have shifted the narrative to a focus on collusion on Trump and Putin being in a room, twisting their mustaches together and plotting. But Mueller's report lays out a clear line of logic. The Russian attacks on our election are illegal. Ergo, conspiracy to be involved in or to facilitate those attacks would constitute a criminal conspiracy. That's the kind of stuff you can go to jail for. So, therefore, if Mueller was able to find proof that Donald Trump directly conspired or ordered or was involved in the planning of the attacks, then that would be a crime. But Mueller's report concludes that there is insufficient evidence that the Trump campaign specifically conspired with Russia. The investigation is divided into part one and part two, with part one focusing on the Russian interference and the communication between the Trump campaign members and Russian operatives, while part two focuses on obstruction of justice. So what is it that Russia did? Mueller lays out the reason that, the, that his investigation began on the very first page of the report, citing that, quote, the Russian government interfered in the 2016 presidential election in sweeping and systemic fashion, unquote. This interference was very closely tied with the Trump campaign at the time, beginning with 
in July of 2016, George Papadopoulos being reported to the FBI for potential connections with Russian hacking attempts. This information started the July 31st investigation by the FBI into whether individuals within the Trump campaign had coordinated with Russia in their election interference. Once this investigation was started in the FBI, Donald Trump's subsequent firing of James Comey, which he later admitted on live TV to be an attempt to quash the FBI's Russia investigation, that firing kicked off the order that appointed the special counsel which was then authorized to investigate, quote, the Russian government's efforts to interfere in the 2016 presidential election, end quote, including any links or coordination between the Russian government and individuals associated with the Trump campaign. When Donald Trump heard that a special counsel had been appointed, he is quoted as saying possibly the best line in this whole damn report on page 78, quote, when Sessions told the president, that a special counsel had been appointed, the president slumped back in his chair and said, quote, Oh my God, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm fucked. End quote. Now, if that isn't an it's always sunny in Philadelphia moment right there, like, <laughs> this is the president of the United States. And this is this is the this is his response to hearing that he is being investigated by the law. Lord. So now that the investigation is on its way, what is it that the special counsel found? Well, the special counsel found two primary methods of attack used by Russia on the elections of the United States. The first method was a social media campaign conducted by a troll farm that initially was just being used to sow division in American politics. But as the election progressed, it became focused on support of the Trump campaign. The second method was much more direct cyber attack by Russian intelligence against, ent quote, entities, employees, and volunteers working on the Clinton campaign, end quote. But what about Donald Trump? Well, if you're a Trump supporter, your reading of the report ends on page two, when Mueller writes, quote, The investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities, end quote. A line like that was enough for Barr to say that there was nothing to see in the report and for Trump to tweet that the report is a total exoneration. However, Mueller has a specific point on the phrase, quote, did not establish. On page two, a statement that the investigation did not establish particular facts does not mean that there is no evidence of those facts. But it isn't time to throw your MAGA hat into the air with joy quite yet, because as the report says on the same page, quote, the investigation also identified numerous links between the Russian government and the Trump campaign. Although the investigation established that the Russian government perceived it would benefit from a Trump presidency and work to secure that outcome, and that the campaign expected it would benefit electorally from information stolen and released through Russian efforts, end quote. So essentially, the argument being presented by Mueller on the question of did Russia and the Trump campaign directly conspire together to commit the hacking and misinformation is that while there was no smoking gun of Donald Trump ordering the attacks by Russia, 
there's a myriad of evidence that members of the campaign were in communication with Russian operatives and that they both understood the other group to be directly helping their interests. What that means is that when it comes to criminal conspiracy, the stranger-on-a-train defense actually worked. If Mueller had one email from a Trump official clearly laying out a request for Russia to hack Hillary Clinton in exchange for something, that would be criminal. But because both sides knew that letting the other work would benefit them, but never explicitly acknowledged and accepted that help, a conspiracy can't be proven. So let's talk a little bit more about this attack. The social media campaign waged by Russia was conducted by the organization, the IRA, the Internet Research Agency, so nothing to do with Ireland. They started a campaign to sow division in U.S. politics on both sides, both through social media posts and targeted ads, as well as planning events and protests within the U.S. disguised as grassroots movements. In 2014 and 2015, these attacks focused on just stirring up trouble. But in early 2016, they shifted to a focus on support for the Trump campaign. At roughly the same time that the operation by the IRA shifted from general mischief to a pro-Trump focus, the Russian hacking operation began in earnest. The hacking was committed not by a 400-pound guy in a bed somewhere, as Trump suggested during the presidential debate, but by, quote, the main intelligence directorate of the general staff of the Russian army, or GRU. If the Russian military had sent a team to helicopter into the DNC in the dead of night to steal computer hard drives and disappear, it would have been an attack on foreign soil and practically a declaration of war. But somehow, because it was done online instead of in person, it's not viewed as such a big deal. At roughly the same time as the first leaks, Trump made the famous statement where he said, Russia, if you're listening, and on October 7th, 2016, less than an hour after the release of the tape of Trump describing how he had sexually assaulted women in the past, Russia began to leak emails stolen from Podesta. So you can clearly see from the timeline on things like that, that while the Trump campaign may not have directly conspired with Russia, the people who had hacked this information and were in charge of releasing it were paying attention and did it at times that were advantageous to Trump. Another bummer line for Trump supporters claiming that there was absolutely no collusion. On page three, quote, the social media campaign and the GRU hacking operations coincided with a series of contacts between Trump campaign officials and individuals with ties to the Russian government, end quote. This is where the true damning evidence of the Mueller report lies. The report does not have definitive proof that there is a master plan to make Donald Trump president in exchange for benefits to Russia, like a relaxation of the Magnitsky sanctions applied under the Obama administration after the illegal Russian invasion of Ukraine and the seizure of the Crimean Peninsula. However, while they weren't able to find fire, there is smoke all over the place in the communications between Trump campaign officials and Russian operatives. This is laid out in the report on page 5, where it says, quote, Although the investigation established that the Russian government perceived it would benefit from a Trump presidency and work to secure that outcome, and that the campaign expected it would benefit electorally from information stolen and released through Russian efforts, 
The investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. The Russian contacts consisted of business connections, offers of assistance to the campaign, invitations for candidate Trump and Putin to meet in person, invitations for campaign officials and representatives of the Russian government to meet, and policy positions seeking to improve U.S.-Russian relations, end quote. The Russian invasion and annexation of Crimea is the crux of this operation, and one of the things Paul Manafort revealed to the special counsel is his contact with Russia in this regard. On August 2, 2016, Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort met in New York City with his longtime business associate Konstantin Kalimnik, who the FBI assessed to have ties to Russian intelligence. Kalimnik requested the meeting to, to deliver in person a peace plan for Ukraine that Manafort acknowledged to the special counsel's office was a, quote, backdoor way for Russia to control part of eastern U Ukraine, end quote. And now we come to the real question that the Mueller report raises, which is, okay, if Donald Trump didn't conspire with Russia, if his campaign wasn't involved in a crime and then a cover-up, why the hell did everyone act so guilty and desperately try to obstruct justice? The Mueller report says, quote, the investigation established that several individuals affiliated with the Trump campaign lied to the office and to Congress about their interaction with Russian-affiliated individuals and related matters. Those lies materially impaired the investigation of Russian election interference. The office charged some of those lies as violations of the federal false statement statute. Former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn pleaded guilty to lying about his interactions with Russian Ambassador Kislyak during the transition period. George Papadopoulos, a foreign policy advisor during the, during the campaign period, pled guilty to lying to investigators about the nature and timing of his interactions with Joseph Milfsud, a professor who offered Papadopoulos dirt on candidate Clinton. These lies and cover-ups and attempts to downplay and obfuscate the truth about the Trump campaign's interactions with Russia don't make any sense if everything is totally fine. Like, dude, why are you acting so guilty if, as you claim, the report is a total exoneration? One of the things that I was interested in in the report was it specifically highlighted events that looked kind of sketchy, but that they determined that nothing hinky was going on. Uh, it's quoted on page 10, quote, The office investigated several other events that have been publicly reported to involve potential Russia-related contacts. For example, the investigation established the, that the interaction between Russian Ambassador Kislyak and Trump campaign officials, both at the candidate's April 2016 foreign policy speech in Washington, D.C., and during the week of the Republican National Convention, were brief, public, and non-substantive. And the investigation did not establish that one campaign official's effort to dilute a portion of the Republican Party platform or provide assistance on providing assistance to Ukraine were undertaken at the behest of candidate Trump or Russia. 
The investigation also did not establish that a meeting between Kislyak and Sessions in September 2016 at Sessions' Senate office included anything more than a passing mention of the presidential campaign. So this is the kind of things I like about the report, is it puts a couple of events to bed and says nothing, as far as we know, nothing weird was happening here. Also, anyone in the crowd who was mad as hell at Hillary Clinton for deleting several thousand of her emails when it turned out that they were being investigated. We have a nice little quote on page 10. Quote, Further, the office learned that some of the individuals we interviewed or whose conduct we investigated, including some associates with the Trump campaign, deleted relevant communications or communicated during the, pe- during the relevant period, using applications that feature encryption or that do not provide for long-term retention of data or communication records. So now we get to the part of the report. Uh, it's section to Russian Active Measures Social Media Campaign, where Mueller goes into detail on the Russian operation to attack our elections. So the principal agency committing these attacks was the Internet Re- Research Agency, or the IRA, And this organization was gigantic. Facebook estimated that the IRA reached as many as 126 million people through its Facebook accounts. And IRA-controlled Twitter accounts separately had tens of thousands of followers, including multiple U.S. political figures who retweeted IRA-created content. This section of the report also has massive chunks that are blacked out, which is super annoying, but makes sense because this is the counterintelligence part of the report. But on one particular page, it's pretty funny. There's three paragraphs completely blocked out on the structure of the IRA. The only thing not blacked out on the entire page is just the phrase, the organization quickly grew. So, Nito, thanks for giving us that little nugget. Uh, there's also a super scary name for this little group of hackers. Uh, on page 16, it says, quote, The IRA's U.S. operations are part of a larger set of interlocking operations known as Project Lockda. So, ominous. Um, the report lays out people who are funding the the IRA and their ties with Putin, And then we've got multiple pages of nothing but redactions. By February 2016, internal IRA documents referred to support for the Trump campaign and opposition to candidate Clinton. The non-redacted portion from the IRA doc says, quote, Main idea, use any opportunity to criticize Hillary Clinton and the rest, quote, except Sanders and Trump, we support them. End quote. So it's interesting that this Russian operation was interested in supporting any of the outsider candidates, anyone that would shake things up and most likely make the United States stop paying attention outside of its own neck of the woods. These groups that the IRA spun up covered the entirety of the political spectrum, anyone that they thought that they could whip up to be mad enough to not participate in the election 
or to vote in protest. So they had names that ran the gamut from being patriotic, stop all immigrants, secured borders, and Tea Party news. And they pretended to be black social justice groups like Black Matters, Blacktivist, and Don't Shoot Us, as well as LGBTQ groups like LGBT United and religious groups, United Muslims of America. In total, the IRA published or purchased over 3,500 advertisements, and their expenditures totaled a, around $100,000. So for practically no money, you can pay to destabilize the U.S. elections. It's a pretty good deal at a hundred grand. And these IRA tweets got a ton of airtime. Seventy U.S. media outlets quoted tweets from IRA-controlled accounts and attributed them to the reactions of real U.S. persons on air on TV. Now, all of that had to do with the IRA and the social media campaign. The other arm of attacks on our elections came from the hacking and dumping operation. So, beginning in March 2016, units of the, Russians of the Russian Federation's main intelligence directorate of the general staff, the GRU, hacked the computers and email accounts of organizations, employees, and volunteers supporting the Clinton campaign including the email accounts of campaign chairman John Podesta. Starting in April 2016, the GRU hacked into the computer network of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee and the Democratic National Committee. The GRU targeted hundreds of email accounts used by Clinton campaign employees, advisors, and volunteers. In total, the GRU stole hundreds of thousands of documents from the compromised email accounts and networks." End quote. So that's the attack on that is most direct by Russia on U.S. election institutions. And this section also contains tons and tons of blackout. There's one particular paragraph that I thought was interesting that's mostly blacked out, talking about the Trump campaign's interest in the WikiLeaks release of documents in the summer and fall of 2016. Uh, it has massive sections blacked out, but the only parts that aren't blacked out are the following, quote, the Trump campaign showed interest in the WikiLeaks release and in the summer and fall of 2016, massive chunk blacked out. Then a single quote, the Trump campaign stayed in contact, massive chunk blacked out. Then a little fragment, the investigation was unable to resolve, huge chunk blacked out. And then finally at the bottom, WikiLeaks release of the stolen Podesta emails on October 7, 2016, the same day a video from years earlier was published of Trump using graphic language about women. <sighs> so all of that blacked out stuff is exactly the juicy drama that I want, but damn. I guess someone got to that before me. What we do have is information on the Russian hacking and dumping operation. And every time 
this gets brought up, I'm just imagining a bunch of like sweaty, gross 80s nerds crammed into a room in Russia drinking tons and tons of vodka while they monkey through every document that the DNC has ever churned out. But it specifically says that the unit is subdivided into departments with different specialties. One department, for example, developed specialized malicious software, while another apartment conducted large-scale spearfishing campaigns. They also had a, bit mo a Bitcoin mining operation that they used to buy more computers and spare parts. So we're talking about an arm of the Russian military that is attacking U.S. election services. Um, assigned to the GRU is Military Unit 74455, with multiple departments that engage in cyber operations. This unit assisted in the, in the release of documents stolen by a different unit, and then the promotion of those releases... The real scary thing about these attacks is then after, along with that, um, Unit 74455 separately hacked computers belonging to state boards of elections, secretaries of state, and U.S. companies that supplied software and other technologies related to the administration of U.S. elections. So they're hacking into tons of stuff. They're, they're hacking into the state and the people who run the elections they're hacking into the companies that write the software that goes on the polling devices this is scary stuff this is where they can actually do more damage than stirring up your crazy trump supporting uncle this is like actual war stuff now in order to get clinton's emails the GRU officers sent hundreds of spear phishing emails. So, public safety announcement, guys. This is why you don't click on random links in emails from strange people. It's fairly easy to spoof a like where the email came from. So you got to be careful opening stuff that you get via email. You're giving that access to your computer, which is what a lot of the Clinton campaign employees did which gave them access to, quote, numerous email accounts of Clinton campaign employees and volunteers, including campaign chairman John Podesta, junior volunteers assigned to the Clinton campaign's advance team, informal Clinton campaign advisors, and a DNC employee, end quote. Because of all this stolen stuff, they ended up losing documents, internal strategy documents, fundraising data, opposition research, and emails from their work inbox. And along with that, they, um, they had opposition research on Trump stolen. Now, a completely separate unit was in charge of disseminating the materials after the one particular unit uh, got them through this, their spear phishing emails. So a lot of that came out through a bunch of ways, including a web page called DC Leaks and uh, a, a fake persona named Guccifer 2.0 to communicate with people. Then it became uh, the, the Russians got into contact with WikiLeaks and began releasing them through there. And WikiLeaks is who 
was involved in many of the contacts with the Trump campaign. Now we get to another section entitled Trump campaign and the dissemination of hacked materials. And guess what? Huge chunks of it are blacked out. This is where like the actual meat of the report is, but massive, massive chunks blacked out. We do have a, a little section on Donald Trump Jr. and his interactions with WikiLeaks. Like on October 3rd, 2016, WikiLeaks sent a direct message to Trump Jr. asking, quote, you guys to help disseminate a link alleging candidate Clinton had advocated using a drone to target Julian Assange. Trump Jr. responded that he already had done so and asked, what's behind this Wednesday leak I keep reading about? But WikiLeaks did not respond. On October 12, 2016, WikiLeaks wrote again that it was great to see you and your dad talking about our publications. Strongly suggest your dad tweets this link if he mentions us, uh, wlsearch.tk. WikiLeaks wrote that the link would help Trump in digging through leaked emails and stated, we just released Podesta emails part four. Two days later, Trump Jr. publicly tweeted the wlsearch.tk link. So, through WikiLeaks, Russian operatives were able to get information to Donald Trump and to people in his inner circle. And this is where some of the sketchy communications come in. Now, this is only the first 70-ish pages of the first report, not even getting to the second report, which has all of the obstruction of justice. So, man, this is going to be, this is going to be a heckin' lot. But, wild, Russia, like, attacked the shit out of our elections. Gotta be vigilant. Shit's, shit's gonna fall apart if we don't keep it from going to shit. Fucking Russia. You lost the Cold War. Like, get over it. They don't even go here anymore.